This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hacha! Hi, this is Xander Cannon, artist of Heck, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and Matt. Splendid! Sort of break it, break it down like good. Welcome to episode 125 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, July 25th. My name is Matt Baum. That's at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. When I'm not making very reasonable requests for Comic-Con updates and getting them from everyone but my co-host and best friend, <laughs> I write the Comic Speculator blog for WorthPoint.com. The man went radio silent. I wasn't in any panels. His what do you want? called me to see if something was going on. I wasn't doing anything. I was just wandering around aimlessly. Welcome back, Joe Patrick. Introduce yourself. And I'm Joe Patrick. That's at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm realizing that I don't know how to have a good time without Matt around. It's true. And how much cosplayer sex we could have had as a team. I'm married, sir. He's afraid to talk to girls. I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of Good Plus, which you can find at goodpluscomic.com and he refuses to open his mind to boy love in this week's episode you'll hear our reviews of Tomorrowland and The Hunger after that we'll review 10 of this week's comics at the Flash family reunion during the ludicrous speed round then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where though he's not allowed to interfere with the workings of the universe when he's on X the Watcher will get all handsy and tell us the secrets of next week's comics and finally we'll recap all the big announcements at Comic-Con and hear what you guys thought about them when we give you guys a taste of our other show, The Answer of the Week. We're talking about Comic-Con news, but before we fight over who gets to change your Xbox handle to Carlos Danger, let's take a moment to wave a tearful goodbye to Dennis Farina, who bravely showed the world his bare, fat butt in an NYPD blue shower scene that nobody demanded. And then... Well, instead of talking about this week's big news, we'll go straight to the reviews. You're Dennis Farina is not the guy from NYPD Blue. Yeah, he is. No, he's, he's not. You're thinking of Dennis Franz. All week, I thought Dennis Franz was dead. No, Dennis Farina was Avi in Snatch. That's crazy. <sighs> R.I.P. Sorry we memorialized the wrong person. Well, I'm glad Dennis Franz is doing all right, though. <laughs> Well, it's review time on THN, where Joe and I read two of this week's new comics and decide if we should send the creators lewd tweets and pictures of ourselves. Joe, what did you read this week? <laughs> Would that be and for a good... How many, how many creators... For the record, how many creators have you sent these lewd tweets and pictures to? <laughs> Wait a minute. Would that be for a good review or a bad review? <laughs> uh, it just depends. I mean, maybe if you really, really liked it. I am reviewing Tomorrowland, number one from Titan Comics, written by the venerable Paul Jenkins. Venerable. With art by Alti, Fermancia, and Benny Maulana. Mau. Yeah, all right. Real, Maulana. Real sorry. Is. Here's your solicit. And I'm really sorry. Meet Dimitri Vegas and like Mike. Two young DJs and the public faces of the world-renowned Tomorrowland Festival. As they are drawn into an impossible adventure to save the vital spark of creativity. Over the course of this retina-blasting fantasy <laughs> Come on, you can finish. You can this, do this rectum blasting fantasy <laughs> adventure. The pair find themselves sucked into an eternal war between two worlds. I haven't read it before now. A battle waged between the forces of creation and destruction through the energy we all carry. I had a rectum blasting lunch today. Us. We hit terminus! 
<laughs> I've got a rectoblastic lunch still inside of me. Oh, boy. I am not sure if you can tell from the tone of my voice just now, but I did not think this comic was very good. <laughs> Jenkins made some waves in recent months, announcing that he was done writing for the big two, focusing his efforts on creator-owned work. Perhaps the big two were done sure. <laughs> writing for them. Uh, I don't know if Tomorrowland number one is part of those efforts, but he should have stuck to writing event book tie-ins for Marvel. So, Viva Las Vegas and Magic Mike are a pair of douchey DJs <laughs> preparing for a show at Tomorrowland, which Matt Bomb assures me is a real thing. It's a real thing. In an exciting twist, we find out that our heroes are the only thing standing in the way of destruction and chaos. All they have to do is pump up the volume. <laughs> Seriously, the words pump up the volume actually appear in this comic book. As monsters invade the festival, Vegas and Mike become... Every insufferable cliche you can imagine in a story where the magic was in us all along. And finally, the two DJs learn that they are the latest in a long line of protectors that have included such historical luminaries as King Tut, William Shakespeare, I assume King Tut, okay. William Shakespeare, Albert Einstein, Neil Armstrong, and Galadriel. All DJs. Little known fact. <laughs> I will say that I thought the art was pretty nice. It was fine. Uh, it was fine. Fermancia and Malana show a lot of promise, and I wouldn't mind seeing more from these guys. I'd like to watch them develop. Yeah, and I don't think it'd be bad on any fantasy title. Sure. Like, they've got a hold on the fantasy, definitely. But the story, Jesus. It was retarded. I was so angry when I finished this, I wanted to punch this comic book in the face. I don't like throwing that word around, because I know it offends certain people, but yeah. there are times where I just have to say that... The- Something is retarded. Yeah. This is that time. Who is this for? First of all, it's pretty damn obvious that Paul Jenkins doesn't go to these festivals. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and has no idea. You know, it's like very much like, remember when we read the NFL Protectors comic book? Where they tried to turn the NFL into like Green, into the Green Lantern Corps? And it was written by people who not only probably don't watch football, but Probably never had a chance to play. Sure. You know, like, yeah, it's like, like this, this comic. Is probably what a football player talks this like. This comic you know? book is brought to you by the creative team of Subway, <laughs> Justice League slash Subway Fast Friends. Right, right, right. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or the guy that, you know, writes the NBA dialogue for the. <laughs> You know, for the one panel subway, but this yeah. was terrible. Honestly, it, it, it really was just is stupid. I don't know who this was for. Very bad. I don't know who you would give this to to be like, oh, you know what? You would like this. No, <laughs> like, no. It's, it's just dumb. If you're into electronic music, first of all, don't make a comic book about electronic music. No, because it's like you know where you know what you can do if you're really into electronic music and you want to pump up electronic music and festivals. Make electronic music. Go to the festival. You don't make a comic book about it. That's dumb. It does not lend itself to it. You know, I mean, like, and it doesn't even come off as somewhat adorable, like Rock and Roll High School, which was the Ramones movie that sucked, but gets a pass because it was ridiculous. And the Ramones did the whole soundtrack because you could hear it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This is just dumb. It's not going to interest anybody. And if you couldn't tell, this is a huge leave it. It's bad. It's just bad. Let's stop talking about this. And. Titan Comics, knock it off. Pump up the volume, 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 pump up the volume. Matt, what did you review this week? I read The Hunger, number one from Marvel. This is written by Joshua Hale Fielkov with art by Leonard Kirk. Here is your solicit. Bullet! The fallout from the Age of Ultron rips open a dangerous rift in the universe. Bullet! Prepare for a hunger so strong that no universe is safe. Bullet! Is this the beginning of the end? Bullet!
right. All the details will be revealed when the Age of Ultron number 10 hits the stands everywhere. Well, it already did. Right. This was from the classified yeah. solicit back when this book was called Age of Ultron number 10. Like CU or HG something HG like or um, something. Something like that. And in fact... It still says that in my point of sale software at work, making yeah. it really hard it, to do pull files. What does HG stand for? Huge Galactus? No, or Hunger? I don't know. Yeah, right. uh, it wasn't HG, but it was it was Age of Ultron number ten. The Hunger from Down Under. Something, something. Yeah, and it, it's dumb. <laughs> like oh, it's, UI, UI. It was. UI. Okay. Like it says, this one whips directly out of the fallout of Age of Ultron, which saw Galactus getting bumped out of our reality and finding himself in the Ultimate U. It was UC Ultimate Cataclysm. Got it. Here, we bump into Ultimate Rick Jones, who was chosen by the Watchers of the Ultimate Universe to protect said universe with crazy cosmic powers. While bumping around in space, Rick watches Galactus literally tear a hole in reality and step through it, only to meet the ultimate version of himself, the Galactus Cloud, which Warren Ellis created as an army of robot bugs. Stupid. Stupid indeed. Props to Leonard Kirk, who is always good, but does a really great job here of switching from Ultimate Earth to Deep Space with aliens like the Chitari, who you may remember as the villains in last summer's Avengers movie, who have kind of been farted into both the Ultimate and regular Marvel Universe. Yeah, the Chitari you may remember from the original run of Ultimates. They were the, they're the ultimate version of the Skrulls, and they have since kind of been... Muted into Not a different that thing. anymore. Right, sure. <laughs> Obviously, Fieldclub has the completely unenviable position of setting up a story this huge, and the issue was indeed a whole bunch of setup, but it was well handled. Is it required reading? Probably not, but it did absolutely further my theory that the Ultimate Universe is going away. And it's not a theory based on stuff that I've read anybody say. It's a theory based on sales. If you look at the sales of the Ultimate Books, they're pretty bad. The only one that is above the top 50 right now is Ultimate Spider-Man. The others are all below 70. And in areas where we typically see books getting canceled. It wouldn't surprise me if they're setting this up. (laughs) Whatever. This is part... I'm telling you where my theory came from. It wouldn't surprise me if this is the lead up to the destruction of the Ultimate Universe. Sure. And if it is, I'm reading. I yeah, I'm all for it. Like, I really like Ultimate Spider-Man still. That said, giving it a skim it, drink. Yeah. Uh, I've loved the Ultimate Universe, not the Ultimate Universe as a whole, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man for its entire run. Yeah. But I, whereas I used to read every Ultimate book that came out, like, voraciously, like, I need it. Yeah. Now I couldn't care less the when there's U a new Ultimate really Universe really lost book. its luster. And I think it's time for it to either be shelved completely or completely redone. I totally agree. This was good. It is all set up. I'm giving it a skim it as well just because it's not the slam bang like start that maybe I was thinking it And you would know be. what it is? And it's sad because like any other Galactus story, I'm down. I'm absolutely in. But Galactus and the Ultimate U, unless he's <laughs> just wrecking it. I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he's going to be wrecking it. <laughs> yeah, it um, sounds like he's going to eat it. Uh, but the the by necessity, the book had to spend almost all of its pages reminding readers who Ultimate Rick Jones was. Right. Which and he hasn't been seen in years now, I think. And I don't care. So, yeah, it gets a skimming from me as well. I do love that Galactus just shows up and starts causing shit. 
right away. Yeah, he causes <laughs> without without any major spoilers. Yeah, no spoiler. He caught like he does something huge yeah, right when well, he like, shows up. When Galactus shows up, it's a big deal, and it's been a while since we've really seen a story that has Galactus show up with huge impact. He's kind of been kicked around a lot yeah. in recent history, so I'm glad to see him as a badass. Here. That's totally. Funny. Eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. So that is a double leave it for Tomorrowland and a double skim it for The Hunger, number one. Of course, we want to know what you rad DJs and universally displaced world eaters thought of these comics. So be sure to share your cataclysmic opinions of these comics. Be sure to spin your mad beats. With it and go wiggity, 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 whack on the wheels of steel as you move the needle back and forth, back and forth, making it scratch over at our Facebook page. Oh, God. That's facebook.com forward slash do edit nerd. Lucky us. This week, Matt and I were invited to the Flash family reunion and barbecue where I'll spend most of the afternoon following Wally around goo goo eyed, wishing I could muster the courage to hold his hand. But later, the real action takes place when the members of the family that have been rebooted out of existence will take on the new DCU Flashes in a three legged race where Matt and I will lock arms with Jesse Quick. Shout out a math equation and whoop these suckers while we review 10 comics during this week's Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed, go! Mass Effect Foundation, number one from Dark Horse. I love the Mass Effect games. It might be my favorite video game franchise, and I wish I loved the comics more. Other than mentioning some familiar names from the game, this just does not feel like it takes place in the same universe, and I would stretch that comment to all the Mass Effect stuff that I've read. I almost gave this a leave it, but the art was pretty good. But uh, this, the whole point of this book is that it's about the universe of Mass Effect, not about the characters from the game. I get it. I'm not looking for the characters in the game. I'm just looking for the same feel. I it doesn't even feel like the same universe. Right. But the art was pretty good. I'm giving it a skim it. Hawkeye Annual number 1 from Marvel. Your first instinct might be to leave this on the rack this week, and I get it. Annuals are almost never as good as the regular issues, but passing this up would be a huge mistake. Regular series writer Matt Fraction and occasional series artist Javier Polito give us the story of what happened to Kate Bishop after her exit in the Pizza Dog issue. Great stuff. Javier Polito, man, that guy is awesome. Yeah, I love it. Buy it. All new Fathom, number one from Aspen. I got to say, I found myself pleasantly surprised here. It was really good art by Alex Conant and a solid story by David Wolf. This was not the Adventures of Bikini Bay BS I was expecting. Aspen is fully clothed and a strong female eco-minded hero. Is her name Aspen? Her name is Aspen Matthews. All right. Yeah. This seems like a great comic for younger female readers, and it's part of Aspen's 10 for $10, so it only cost a buck. Now, I'm not really sure what makes it all new, because it is the same character, just kind of doing what she always does. Maybe it's a reboot. Didn't seem like it. I mean, if it is, they were directly talking about stuff that just happened in oh, the last, okay. you know, Aspen and whatnot. Sure. Regardless, $1, buy it, give it to a little girl. It's like I don't even know you anymore. Hey, it shocked me too. Batman Superman number two from DC. We're two for two with Batman Superman. This is another great issue by Greg Pak, beautifully illustrated by Jay Lee. The young New 52 Superman and Batman meet their older established counterparts on Earth 2, and it is tons of fun. Pak does a great job humanizing the New 52 Superman, which is something I complain about, by highlighting the differences between the two versions. I'm really enjoying this series. I'm giving it a huge buy it. Army of Darkness versus Hackslash, number one from Dynamite. I hate long titles like this that don't make any sense. 
Cassie from Hackslash has settled down with a busty wife and a baby. When Ash comes along, they fight, then team up. She's married to a lady? She's married to a black lady. Wow. Great big boobs. Progressive. Ash is written more like a screwball Elvis than the character I remember. Cassie's clothes get ripped off, and there's gore everywhere. Nothing worth paying for here. Leave it. Constantine, number five from DC. This is a Trinity War tie-in, and it seemed like a good excuse to check back in with the Constantine series. Like most tie-ins, the crossover seems like more of an afterthought compared to the book's A story. It's not bad, though. And we get a fun scene where John Constantine steals the power of Shazam from Billy Batson. It's weird. It doesn't feel right. This okay. just doesn't feel like it belongs. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Like Hell- this is not Hellblazer. It's got decent art, though, as always, by Renato Geddes. Geddes. Uh, I'm giving it a skimming. Rocketeer, Spirit, Pulp Friction, number one from IDW. Normally, I really don't care about these team-ups, but when Mark Wade is writing it, you know it's going to be fun. Really good art here as well. Covered by Darwin Cook and Jabon, and it's just absolutely beautiful. We get to see the Rocketeer. Paul Smith. Oh, yeah. Paul Smith is on art here, and it's absolutely gorgeous. We get to see the Rocketeer and the spirit dealing with each other's feisty ladies. It was just fun. I loved this. Buy it. Lobster Johnson, A Scent of a Lotus, number one from Dark Horse. I am so far behind in my Magnoliaverse reading that I almost set this aside for later. I'm glad I didn't because this was awesome. This is pulpy, supernatural fun with amazing art by Sebastien Fumara. He is great. Yes, not to be confused with Max who, I don't know if they're brothers or I think they're related. or what. I think they're related. But the whole thing is one big Chinatown reference. One of the detectives is even named Jake. It's wonderful. Giving it a buy it. You don't need to be up to date on Mcnoll stuff to just jump into a Lobster Johnson number one. It's true. Self-contained. Superior Spider-Man team-up, number one from Marvel. Don't worry, Chris Yo still has a job writing Spidey, and he's doing it here. My only problem with the book is it felt a little flat this felt more like a fill-in issue of Superior Spidey than a team-up book. I love team-up comics and Marvel's a fantastic history of them. But this is Spidey with all the Avengers in a story that really did just kind of feel like a Superior Spider-Man villain. I don't know. I want to see some more interpersonal stuff. I want to see him running around with strange characters we don't normally see him with in the spirit of the old Marvel team-ups, you know? Still, not bad. Just not what I was hoping for. Okay. Wild Blue Yonder, number two from IDW. I gave the first issue of this series a glowing review, and I'm doing it again for number two. Do not miss out on this series from IDW. It's action, adventure, intrigue, betrayal, and sky pirates, all packaged together with amazing art by Zach Howard and Nelson Daniel. I wish I had heard about the Kickstarter for this project before it came out because I would have backed the hell out of it. Huge buy it. This is wonderful fun. Glorf! That is your ludicrous speed round, and Glorf is the sound of a zombie shoving the mutilated stump of its hand into Ash's mouth. Ugh. Yeah. As seen in this week's Army of Darkness versus Hack Slash number one. Inspired by Tomorrowland, Joe and I decided to throw a downbeat jungle trance rave in the Sanctum Sanctorum this week and sent out invites to all our favorite cosmic characters. And sure enough, Jack of Hearts shows up with Uatu in tow. And everybody knows when that guy gets his hands on some X, he's going to make out with anything with a mouth. So while he was groping Joe and I and licking our faces, we bit his giant earlobes and said, 
tell us about next week's comics, you freak. Joe, what did the horny watcher tell you about? What is happening? Yeah. What is happening? That was my nickname in high school, by the way. The horny watcher. <laughs> my pick for next week is... The, I am the horny watcher. I get it. No, I am forbidden. <laughs> Sworn only to observe. <laughs> My pick for next week is Indestructible Hulk number 11 from Marvel Comics by Mark Wade and Matteo Scalera. Here's your solicit. Time to smash part one! <laughs> Spinning out of the events of Age of Ultron, Hulk's sent on his most dangerous mission yet, working for a secret subdivision of S.H.I.E.L.D. History's breaking, and only the Hulk is strong enough to hold it together. This is part of that Hulk time traveler thing. This is some kind of wacky time travel stuff involving the Hulk, and I think it sounds super fun. It'll be fun as hell. That's right, and Hulk, Indestructible Hulk, has been on fire lately. The last two issues uh, with Daredevil have been wonderful. Can't wait for the new story. Matt Bomb, you pervert. Tell me about your pick for next week. My pick is Collider, number one, from DC Vertigo. This is written by Simon Oliver with art by Robbie Rodriguez. I have never heard of either of these guys, but the solicits would grab me. It started small. <laughs> Rodriguez? Yeah, I love saying that. It started small. Temporary gravity failures, time reversal, loops, entropy reversals. With much fanfare, a new government agency was formed with a mandate to prevent and protect. Its official title, the Federal Bureau of Physics. That is just awesome. Humans, if nothing else, adapt to the changing parameters of their existence. What was extraordinary soon became ordinary, a part of people's daily lives. They move on and do what people have always done, survive. But even the new status quo is now under threat. Things are getting worse, and it falls to Special Agent Adam Hardy and his FBP team to figure out what's going on before it's too late. Whoa! Sounds rad. I know. It's like Quantum Leap meets Minority Report. I love it. The THN Trade of the Week for next week goes to X-Men Fallen Angels, written by Joe Duffy, who is a girl, with art by Joe Statton, Carrie Gamble, and Marie Severin. Here's a solicit. This was a story I loved back in 1987. Teen mutants struggling to survive on their own. Madrox and Siren, Sunspot and Warlock, The Vanisher, Boom Boom, mix these six unlikely allies with Devil Dinosaur, Cyborg Lobsters, and some Teenage Runaways, and you've got... Fallen Angels! What wonders await these strange heroes of Beat Street in the paradise of Coconut Grove? <laughs> Witness one of the most bizarre X-Men adventures of all time. I loved this story, and I have a feeling when I revisit... Is this the book with the mutant lobsters? You bet it is, buddy. <laughs> Artie and Leech were there, too. Oh, loved it, loved it, loved it. Of course, we want to know... Oh, pardon me. And Devil Dinosaur. That was it, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where my love affair with Devil Dinosaur began, as a matter of fact. Of course, we want to know what you're looking forward to next week. So be sure to tell us what comics you're excited for and who you had to grind on to get that info over at our Facebook page. As you may have noticed, we skipped the big news this week and our answer of the week show because we couldn't think of a better way to discuss all the announcements coming out of Comic-Con than by hearing what you guys thought of the big news. Woo! So let's get to the news and a little preview of the answer of the week, a show that a lot of you aren't listening to, but you should be! But you should be! (laughs) 
Joey Patrick, why don't you start us off with Marvel since you were there. I was there. It from the floor. That's right. Here it is, a week late. Nightcrawler returns in the pages of Amazing X-Men, an all-new ongoing series by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis, featuring the team consisting featuring a team consisting of Wolverine, Storm, Beast, Iceman, Northstar, and Firestar. What? Yeah. Aaron calls this title an ongoing event book. <laughs> with the team going on epic adventures every month. None of this touchy-feely bullshit. I believe Firestar found out she was a mutant because she was born with an M on her hand. Is that right? That's not right. No, Firestar was one of Spider-Man's amazing friends. I remember. Come on. I remember. Longshot saves the Marvel Universe miniseries written by Dr. McNinja's Chris Hastings. The series will feature the world's luckiest mutant flying solo against a serial killer that targets lucky people. What? Is that a thing? I don't know if I care. <laughs> I do love Man. Longshot, though. I do love Longshot. Marvel UK is making a comeback in a new series called Revolutionary War by writers Andy Lanning and Alan Coswell. Are you listening, Aura McWilliams? Is Andy Lanning British? Yeah. I didn't know Abnett that. and Lanning are both British, I think. I did not know that. Something of a cult favorite, Marvel UK was home to characters like Death's Head 2, Motormouth and Kill Power, Motormouth. <laughs> Dark Angel, and Warheads. I forgot about Motormouth. In an interview on Comics Alliance, Lanning gave a quick breakdown of the line, quote, The Marvel UK universe centered around the evil machinations of a shadowy organization called Mistech, which was formed of seven techno-wizards who, in 1987, sold their souls to Mephisto in exchange for immortality. Stupid move, guys. In exchange, the board must supply a steady stream of souls to the demon or else forfeit their own. Many of the stories and characters in the Marvel UK universe were linked to Mistech's efforts of finding a way to escape their compact with Mephisto and becoming immortal in their own right. Net result, much fighting, lots of bizarre and offbeat heroes, many of which were robotic, with shoulder pads, and big guns. Yes, sir. That's about all I remember. Sounds awesome. Yeah, can be found in most dollar and quarter bins (laughs) around the United States today. Across the hall, DC was announcing some of their own evil machinations, starting with Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, neither of which are evil. They're both very nice people. (laughs) will write a new Harley Quinn ongoing series. Connor will do covers, but no artist has been announced. In an interview with CBR, Palmiotti said... The series will look at Harley's background, motivations, and her home and supporting cast, saying, quote, sort of what we did with Power Girl, but a mix of a bit more homicidal maniac added in. Eh. I don't care about Harley Quinn series. I don't. Yeah, right? I don't know. I mean, who cares? No, I mean, I did really like Power Girl. Yeah. So I'll read it. I'll read number one. And think, if it's good, it's good. I think but... Power Girl's a way more compelling character. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, and I'm giving you I'm... the Bob Dole. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know. <laughs> Bob Dole doesn't like Harley Quinn. Bob Dole doesn't want to read a comic book about a homicidal maniac. <laughs> As always, DC chose to focus on promoting books that are already on the stands or have been announced, like right. The Movement, Animal Man, Batgirl, Green Arrow, etc. Uh, they also talked a bit about upcoming books like Trillium and The Return of American Vampire, stuff that they've you know already announced and promoted and solicited, and that's always been DC's tactic they for years don't, now that's kind of in their yeah MO. they don't yeah. they don't save up their announcements when they're ready to announce something they just announce it they say new book coming from jeff lemire trillium it makes for a less flashy presentation but you know that's how they choose to do it which is why we always say that marvel won the convention and they lost. i'm not answering that question this year it's stupid <laughs> it's a fun question 
Over in the IDW section of the hall, Darwin Cook's latest Parker graphic novel will be an adaptation of Richard Stark's Slayground, which totally sounds like a fake movie from The Simpsons, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Here's IDW's official description. Quote, Parker is put to the test against crooked cops and sleazy gangsters after a heist goes south, and he finds himself trapped in an amusement park closed for the winter and embroiled in a deadly game of cat and mouse, a game that slowly starts to favor the mouse. Slayground will hit shelves this December. I know it's going to be good. Yeah. I know the other Parkers are great, but this description just sounds so stupid. I love it. <laughs> Trapped in an amusement park. I want Darwin Cook to make Parker graphic novels forever. I do, too. I know that there aren't that... I mean, there's a limited amount, but... One day he will die. Oh, and one day he will die. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas will also be given a graphic novel adaptation by an as-yet-unidentified creative team. IDW CEO Ted Adams says, quote... I've read Thompson throughout my entire life, and I'm very serious about doing this novel right. IDW does a lot of prose adaptations. They're kind of known for it at this point, and they put out a good product, so... Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's no reason why it, There's no reason why it couldn't be good. Yeah, a bunch of Joe Hill stuff, a bunch of Stephen King stuff. They have been doing quite a bit of this. Yeah, yeah. Writer-artist Walt Simonson will debut a new creator-owned series at IDW called Ragnarok, featuring, what else, the Norse gods. In an IDW press release, Simonson said, quote, I've loved the stories of the Viking gods since I was eight. I am thrilled with IDW's help and support. I'm launching an ongoing series of stories built around a new vision of some old friends and enemies. Are these Thor stories that he never told us? Well, they're Norse god stories, so I bet Thor is in it. Of course. I'd be interested. Of course. Like, Thor, uh, Walt Simonson wants to draw Norse mythology? Yes. Yeah, I'm interested. Please do. I'm interested. Although, I did not love his run on New Avengers. Well, sure, but... It was kind of, you know, remember? We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I remember. He was hoping for the best. Hoping for the best. <laughs> Go get him, Walt. Moving over to Dark Horse. Ghost is getting an upgrade from a mini to an ongoing co-written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Christopher Sabella. With art by either Ryan Sig or Dexter Soy. <laughs> the competing uh, sites seem to have different thoughts on really? that. Really? Yeah. Uh, like, I think CBR said uh, Ryan Sook, and another site said Dexter, Dexter Soy. So. I would much prefer Ryan Sook to Dexter <sighs> Soy. Boy, so would I. My guess is Ryan Sook is doing the covers, and Dexter Soy will be doing the interiors. Now, I will say that Dexter Soy... He did that Superior Spider-Man Age of Ultron time. Yeah, and it looked and really it good. Gorgeous. It looked really good. It looked like he relaxed. So, you know. Uh, I don't care about this. I mean, the Ghost book ha has been fine, but I stopped reading it. I just don't care about Ghost. I like it. I think it's pretty good. I do love Kelly Sue DeConnick. I do, too. And Christopher Sabella, who is her, her, also her co-writer on Captain Marvel, which is a, an amazing book. So, I mean, maybe I'll pick it up. I just don't have an affinity for the character, you know? I'll be. I'm sticking with this one. Star Wars fans can expect Dark Horse to retain the comic license for the property through all of 2014, but the future is still uncertain. I can tell them what the future is. <laughs> the guy, the guy from I can tell them exactly. The guy from Dark Horse basically got up on stage and went. <laughs> he shrugged his shoulders well, and went, "I don't know." No, and well, they're waiting for a scary letter from a lawyer. Is what it is basically. He, he said that Disney will let them know sometime in the coming year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, well, hold on. Yeah, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are going to show up in shades and like suits in a black Lincoln Continental. But and go, that's enough. I, I, I do think it's a good sign that they're going to press forward for it with everything that they have planned. 
and that for at least another you know eighteen months we're gonna get the high quality stuff that Dark Horse has been putting out. It's all high quality. It's just not. Well, their hearts are in the right place. Yeah, it's all high quality. (laughs) It's just not all stuff I want to read. Yeah, yeah. Look for Brain Boy, a long forgotten Dell character being revived by Fred Van Linty and Freddie Williams the second. From the promo, he looks like a private school snob that gets psychic powers, but I have no idea. He's like some blonde pretty boy in in what looks like a school uniform fighting Nazis or something. I feel like to be long forgotten, I should remember him, you know? Right. But Uh, I I have no memory of him. But I mean, that's that's just it. He's he's forgotten. Who? He's forgotten. All right. Brain Boy. Brain Boy, along with a new Black Beetle mini by Francesco Francavia. Into that. Into that. Yeah. And Buzzkill by Donnie Cates, which is about a dude that gets superpowers after getting super wasted. Isn't Buzzkill, isn't that one of the old comics' greatest world? Well, they are being added to Dark Horse's superhero revival line. I don't know if it's a revival of comics' greatest world. I think Buzzkill is. I think that's old school. But, yeah. So they're really, like, pushing this line of superhero stuff. Fair enough. Most of which, not super. I know. I know. I want to be more excited. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see maybe we oh we can keep our fingers crossed for a barbed wire revival Ooh, who knows <laughs> in indie news writer chuck palaniuk revealed and that is how you say his name revealed that he'll be writing a graphic novel sequel to fight club taking place a decade after the apparent death of tyler durden palaniuk's official fan site described the sequel saying quote Nowadays, Tyler is telling the story, lurking inside Jack, and ready to launch a comeback. Jack is oblivious, Marla's bored, their marriages run aground on the rocky coastline of middle-aged suburban boredom. It's only when their little boy disappears, kidnapped by Tyler, that Jack is dragged back in the world of mayhem. Palaniuk is currently shopping the story around to different publishers. No artist has been announced. I loved Fight Club. This doesn't sound like the Fight Club sequel that I want. Did you want a Fight Club sequel? I mean, I'll take one if it's great. (laughs) What I'm saying, like, it sounds kick ass. I just don't need, like, the ransom. Like, give me back my son. Except, but he's he's kidnapped his son from himself. I know. And and I'm sure if if Palaniuk is, like, steering the ship, it's going to be. Like, he's writing it. It's his idea. It's not like some publisher. I can't remember his name was Palaniuk or Palaniuk. Chuck Palaniuk. Nah, it's not Palinuk. It's weird sounding. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fight Club is one of those stories that I I I did I never read the book, but I watched the movie and I went, huh. The book was wonderful. All right. So that's the thing that happened. I'm a I'm a big Chuck fan. I've read all his books. Sure. Big fan. Even that weird sex one. Even the weird sex one. And it was weird and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like with the uh, uh, fear and loathing thing. You know, if it's good, it's good. Yeah, it it, it, it should be a wacky good time, and I'm in. And I'm and definitely interested in reading. I it. can't understand why people are like, mm, we're a little hesitant to do this. I mean, well, yeah, but it, like, it's not like it's before Watchmen, where it's a gaggle of other dudes. No, 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 I got it. But this sounds like he was walking around the studio floor, and being like, guys, I got an idea. Excuse Here, me, image, your image comics, right? They're like, uh. No, we're Amigo. <laughs> I don't think that that's not what he was doing. Check it out, senor. I don't, I've got an idea for it. I don't think he was carrying around a, a manuscript in his satchel. Sweaty and desperate. <laughs> like waiting in line to pass it to Robert Kirkman or something. All right, and that is the big news out of Comic-Con. Of course, there were many, many, many announcements 
both large and small, more than we could keep track of. We discussed most Hollywood ones on the show yeah, last week. Last so. week, we touched on a lot of the big ones, and these are most of the other ones that interested us, but we want to know what you guys think was the most exciting thing to come out of Comic-Con, and so we're giving you this special treat Sneak preview of the answer of the week, which more of you should be listening to. It's true. Each week, we ask the question of the week. Joe Patrick puts it up on our Facebook and our Twitter, and then you guys answer it. We have a little show called The Answer of the Week that only about 15 of you are downloading right it's now. It's like seven. Seven of you. <laughs> so we want to give you a little taste of what it's like. Now, normally, we would read all the Twitter and Facebook responses. There are so many responses, and we are already very long on time. And we had a record number... Of call-in voicemails. Very exciting. And if you want to call us, you can do so at 402-819-4894. And you can call us for anything, not just the answer of the week. That's right. Call us and say, hey, call us and tell us you can't sleep. Call us and tell us that you're congested. Whatever. So we're leaving the Facebook responses and the Twitter responses online. You can read them there if you want. Facebook.com forward slash two-headed nerd. Twitter.com forward slash two-headed nerd. And you know what we'll do? Since we're not going to read and we're not going to read and review them, we'll go on and we'll respond to a bunch of them. Joe and I will. Yeah. There we go. Fair. He just looked at me like, what? Our first caller is friend of the show, Buddy West. He laid down a sweet rhyme that you were going to have to download the answer of the week this week to hear. Because it really has nothing to do with the question. But it is amazing. I'm going to see if I can set it to music and it might become the new theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what he had to say about San Diego. To my answer for the question of the week, what was the biggest, best news from Comic-Con? I wasn't there, you jerks. So... I don't know. But from the stuff I've read, my favorite thing so far, it's Saturday, was the high possibility of a Batman-Superman movie coming out. I haven't seen Man of Steel, but I've heard pretty much everything about it. And it sounded good. Uh, And I like Nolan's movies. They're not my favorite. I think they could be done better, but I, I do like them. So I'm excited for the partnership maybe between them or the lack thereof. They are pretty much superheroes odd couple, and I love the banter between those two. That's like one of my favorite things out of DC Comics is Batman and Superman's banter. Some of the best stuff. So that's probably my biggest or best news from Comic-Con from what I've read. Also, I'm very happy to hear about some of the figures coming out. Uh, there's a Play Arts Kai one, the Joker from Arkham City. I'm super excited about that, too, and the fact that they're coming in a Coming out with a xenomorph, that's pretty exciting for me, too. So I have a lot of money to spend on, but I don't have, thank God, for credit cards and 30% interest rates. So that's probably my favorite thing, those two, actually. <laughs> but uh hope you enjoyed the crappy rap that I did. And it was all out of love for you guys, as bad as it was. I'll match a skill, Joe, one day. You better watch out, Joe. I'm coming for you. You got to keep that flow coming. That's it, man. Just tie your do-rag on, stand in front of the mirror, and just let it go. <laughs> well, Lose yourself. Fearlessness. In, Lose yourself in the moment, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just like the guys in Tomorrowland. Pump up the volume. I was talking about Eminem, you jerk. <laughs> Little love for the Batman-Superman uh, movie, which we did talk about last week. I'm morbidly curious, because i got to see who's playing Batman. Yeah. More than anything, that's, yeah, yeah. that's their first hurdle. It'll be interesting. You know, I didn't love Man of Steel, as I feel like I've stated. The casting agent... Like for Batman is probably as dangerous a job as like goaltender for the Colombian soccer team. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like if one rolls past you, someone's gonna come slit your kid's throat. <laughs> you know? Like. Excellent answer, buddy. And uh, 
You know what? No one else has sent us a rap, so I guess you're our A number one fan. Uh, yeah. I so mean, now, obviously, your move, Aaron Myers. Joe Patrick is the MC of our show, but I mean, you might be in the posse. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, I don't know. You can be my, one of my fly girls. Moving right along. <laughs> hey guys, this is Seanix, aka the One Tough, aka the Radiophonic Oddity, aka the gnarliest dude in the state of corn. The question was the biggest, best Comic Con news, and was and why. That's an easy question. But maybe some of the posers here didn't hear about it because they're not hardcore like me. If you follow Robert Kirkman as much as I do, subscribe to the message board for his stalkers, you know that the K-Man was at SDCC. That's San Diego Comic-Con for you posers. But the real news is that there's confirmation that the snippets of his hair and even fecal droppings were recovered from his room. You can bet your sweet ass that I will be bidding high on those brown nuggets to complete my collection. I shall prove to everyone that he's does indeed smell better than everyone else's. Comics are not just reading material. It's a way of life. It's no hobby. It's a way of looking at that page and saying, hey, bud, <laughs> let's party. Again, easy question. Keep them coming. Oh, and I bet that lame butt John from Burt Weenies doesn't even call in like he promised to. What a poser. Also, I hear he's really bad at doing uh, impersonations of accents and stuff you know like he did like he starts with one and then he moves into another but you know you, you gotta forget that about him anyways this is sean x definitely sean x definitely not someone else this is sean x okay goodbye i have a feeling <laughs> i've got a feeling that was not sean x <laughs> i don't know he seemed very convincing it sounds legit to me oh uh, i do like all the poser talk though. yeah what a poser <laughs> let's not out him let's not tell him who it really was. no 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 let's not out him. definitely What's well, only deep in the mystery because it seems we have another call from Seanix and he sounds slightly different. Hey nerds, Seanix here with my answer to the question of the week. Ah, San Diego, a wonderful time. It's a great time. I get to work at Alter Ego. It's my favorite time of the year. I get to put the comics out. I get to sling them on the following Wednesday. It's a good time. One of these years I'll make it out there. But what what was the what was the best news? And to be honest, it. it Tyrion Gillen won, won the con for me. Um, it's odd because I was just talking on last Wednesday at the shop and we were talking about characters and Iron Man was being brought up. And it's a character that I can get into, but I really, I just can't latch on to. And when I read that Iron, was that the Iron Metro, that word, uh, Metroplex, going to be a cool Metropolis. Iron Man crossover. <laughs> anyway, I, I love that idea of like the city of tomorrow made by Tony Stark. But then you saw the origin too. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm interested. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm interested. I really enjoyed origin. And then the, the young Avengers 14 15 with like the end of the year blowout with all those different artists working with him. I'm going to pause him for just a second. The, the artists on it now. Kieran Gillen won the con, is what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, it looked like it says Change Illinois. <laughs> Change Illinois won the con. It's fantastic, but, you know, represent with Kid Loki, and uh, I'm excited. I, I don't know. I'm, maybe Marvel's pulling me back in, but, yeah, Kieran Gillen won the con for me. You know, some of the movie announcement stuff was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, that one won me over. Oh, and that long shot they used, the Marvel U. Uh, by the Dr. Ninja guy. Ah, I'm excited. Um, way, to, way to pull me back in, Marvel. 
Um, great question, guys. Uh, jealous of Joe. I wish I could have been out there and got a picture with you and Aaron and Superfro, but uh, maybe that's in the future. All right, kids. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Peace out and all that good stuff. And uh, all right. Later. See ya. Bye. So, which one was the real Sean X? We may never know. I, but he's got a good point. Kieran Gillen writing a lot of really exciting stuff right now. And unfortunately, books like Young Avengers, which are fantastic, are not getting near enough love. So if you love Young Avengers, get out there and spread the word. It's not selling very well. Yeah, that uh, this Iron Man, um, this Stark Metropolis storyline coming up after the space stuff was, you know, kind of came in under the radar. In fact, I think they announced that, like, on preview night or like before the actual con started or something. And uh yeah, it's it sounds like a fun idea. Yeah, I think it was one of the Thursday teasers things that, could that Marvel did or something like that. But yeah, I mean Kieran Gillen is definitely He's one, one of Marvel's one of the best top guys at right the moment. So. Love him. Absolutely love him and all the books that he named. Tons of fun. Young Avengers is a very exceptional comic book. It really is. It's different and it's gonna take you like it's weird at first, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you've gotta kind of get into the groove of it. But I really like what he's doing with those characters. It reminds me a lot of his phonogram series, the yeah, way that yeah, it's written. Yeah, for sure. Great stuff, though. Good answer, Sean. If that is your real name. <laughs> Another friend of the show, Bob Osland. He's written in several times. He finally worked up the cojones to call us. Let's see what Bob had to say. Hey there, uh, this is Bob Osland. I'm calling in for the answer of the week. Um, the uh, announcement I'm most excited about is. The, um, the sequel for Avengers movie being the Age of Ultron. Uh, my only hope is that they don't screw this up and make Tony be the inventor and uh, totally admit Hank Pym. I think we really need to get him in here as one of the founding members of the team and kind of go back to some of the old school characters. So thanks, guys. Uh, keep up the great work. Bye. Short and sweet, definitely. I love it. And I totally agree. I think you're pretty safe, though. Just the fact they're introducing Ant-Man really no uh, joss whedon came out and said outright that hank pym is not involved in avengers age of ultron oh really yep and i don't know how i feel about that that sucks they are making an ant-man movie yeah that sucks but maybe it won't have anything to do with hank pym maybe it's scott lang or eric o'grady or some other ant-man what a dumb missed opportunity i mean i kind of get it if you don't want to have to set up a whole other character nah bs i like the idea of introducing ant-man and having him like create this amazing thing that tony stark's kind of like oh well yeah i could have done that you know <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know i'm i'm i don't want tony stark creating ultron i feel like tony stark is not necessarily too smart but would not do that whereas but here's the Hank thing Pym is the kind of guy that would do that because he's like no no it's okay i'll be able to handle it in know? the movie well it's not like he set out to create an evil robot no 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 tony stark has cr created like his armor is controlled by an artificial intelligence mm -hmm. like it's not that it's beyond him to create a robot that turns evil no i i will be disappointed if hank pym is is not at least somehow involved that's yeah, stupid i i think that adding giant or ant-man or giant man and the wasp would be hugely valuable to the avengers yes team absolutely instead we're getting quicksilver and the scarlet witch so mm. but the bottom line is 
I trust Joss Whedon. I do too. He's going to make changes, and maybe on the surface, I'll be like, ah, that's dumb. But you know that when we watch Avengers Age of Ultron we're gonna in the be theater, fine we're going to have huge boners. Yeah, we're going to be fine with it. Huge robot boners. I'm sorry, I said boner. Cameron Labrillo calls us every week, and we thank him for it. He also tweets at us 100,000 times. And we, and we thank him for we it. We love every single one of them, regardless of what Joe Patrick says on Twitter. I know we do. <laughs> Let's see what Cameron said about the con. Hello, guys. It's Camarillo Brillo calling in for the answer of the week. Uh, question is, what's the greatest news ever in the history of mankind to come out of SDCC this year? Um, other than a lot of cosplay pictures and stuff about movies um, and uh, people getting super sweet sketches that I am totally jealous of, I didn't see a lot of awesome news Um Maybe somebody's better at digging on the internet than me instead of just lazily looking at Twitter. But um, the one thing that did catch my interest um, would be the fact that they're going to do a comic book adaptation of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, I believe it was IDW that's doing it. And uh, the article that I read, I believe it was on Comics Alliance, just dropped the name Stedman. Now, Ralph Stedman is involved at all. It's going to be just incredible to look at, even if the adaptation is a little wonky, because uh, it's not really a book that lends itself easily to anything, um, even though they did a pretty good job with the movie. But um, I'd, I'd be interested to see what they do with it. Um, it's cool. Um, it's almost meta in a way, since so many of you guys that stuck with comics through the, uh, the time when Transmetropolitan was at its peak, I'm only coming into it now, but it definitely has that Hunter S vibe to it, that whole Gonzo thing. And it would be kind of cool to see a comic about the man that kind of inspired the, you know, the, the background and the, and the attitude and all that behind that other comic. And uh, I, Anyway, it's just kind of weird to me. that It was a weird choice for a comic, but if, if Ralph is involved at all, it's going to be amazing to look at. He has this really weird ink splatter technique that just everything looks like it was done in a prison cell with some prisoner that could barely get one arm free and I don't know it just looks crazy as hell and I can't I can't imagine what it would look like as a series but anyway other than that I, I, I don't really have any news that I I feel like got me excited um, there was a lot of exclusive toys um, apparently Marvel and DC are making movies that we knew were coming uh, with little twists we didn't see coming unless you're Matt Baum and uh, <laughs> overall it looked like a snoozer for those of us who didn't get to go so anyway um, thanks guys talk to you later we should mention the Camarillo hates all the questions that we pose and generally has <laughs> no opinion that's on not true that's not true um, I do think he has a fair point in that the comic news seemed much, much, much more subdued than the movie news. And it used to be that you could, you know, go to Comic-Con or read up about Comic-Con as it was happening online. And there would just be, like, you'd be glued to the Marvel and right. DC panels and right. be announcement after announcement after announcement after announcement. And it's not like that. Now, to be fair... There weren't as many gigantic shows back then, too. That's true. We do have C2E2. There was lots of little shows, like New York Comic Con. There's WonderCon and New York Comic Con. Heroes Con. So they do spread the announcements around, I suppose. But I, I do think it's a valid point that like, even Marvel, who always mops the floor with everybody in terms of presentation, really only announced two or three 
things that we didn't already know were happening. I suppose. I think but that are really noteworthy. Like as, as much as long shot saves the Marvel universe sounds fun, it's not exactly going to set the world on fire. Uh, probably not. But I mean, the point being, I think San Diego, you know, as a symptom of being as close to Hollywood as it is, has become the dumping ground for the Hollywood blockbuster news. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, it gets everybody excited. It, it mo- does move comic book sales. Sure. And it gets people into the convention. That's fine. And that's what this convention has become. I'm fine with it. Because yeah, any more of this stuff, I mean, like, think about it. We host a show about comic books. We probably talk about movies equal amount of time. Yeah, you're right. You you're know? definitely right. I mean, they've become interlocked, so I'm all right with it. You're definitely right. I just think it is definitely a point worth addressing that Comic-Con is no longer really about comics. Right. And, you know, Camarillo did find something that he was excited about in the Fear and Loathing graphic novel. God bless him. And that's cool. Um, God bless that angry little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your answer, buddy. This final call is only eight seconds long. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think Amy got cut off. This is Amy Kohler with the answer of the week. And all I got to say is, I don't hate freedom. And I'm a girl. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? Okay. All right. That is Camarillo Brillo's friend, Amy. Okay. She doesn't hate freedom. And he challenged her. She, he, su- she certainly sounded like a girl. He dared her. He's like, we need to get one lady calling in on the question of the week. Amy Kohler, you're our only hope. If you love freedom, you'll call and answer uh, the question of the week. She didn't answer. Well, maybe she doesn't. <laughs> maybe she didn't follow the con. She panicked. But I think it's worth. Uh, I think it's worth giving her a welcome aboard. I'm glad she called. Welcome and aboard, a thumbs Amy. up for not hating freedom and yep. representing the ladies on the answer of the week, even though she didn't answer the question. Amy, call us back. I want you to call us this week, and we want your thoughts. On the Wolverine movie, because that is the question I don't, of the week for next week. Before we get into that, I don't know. Joe Patrick, let's go into our thoughts on what we thought the big news of San Diego was. Yeah. Why don't you hit me? Uh, well, as much as I was disappointed in Man of Steel, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I got really pumped when they announced Bat- Superman Batman. Right on. And, you know, Man of Steel had a lot of problems, and I've gone into detail at length about them but i think the structure of the world they've built is sound yes i, I think agree all, i think all of the elements are are there henry cavill is a great superman and if this comes down to superman finding his moral compass maybe sure, yeah. that's okay well and yeah this and i believe that this according to snyder this may or may not be separate from a man of steel 2 okay that's dumb but I mean, regardless, yeah, we'll get to that. When this we find this will be the next. This will be the next Man of Steel movie, and when Harry Lennox, the guy who played General, what's his name, in Man of Steel, Stancheck or something, like that, or? sure, he came out on the stage and he read the quote from The Dark Knight Returns, right, and the room went black. And then the logo, the Superman logo slowly faded in, and then it filled in behind him with the Batman logo. Like, my arms were, all the hairs on my body stood on end. Gross. I know. Even all of them. You know. You know the ones. All the hairs in my pants stood on end. <laughs> Boing. And, I mean, I, I, even though I get disappointed in, in stuff like this, whenever they announce a new thing or the idea of seeing these icons together on the same screen, just like with Avengers, I just 
I am unabashedly giddy. Oh, right on. No, I'm, about seeing that materialize. No, they know what they're doing. They're working us, but they know what they're doing. Comic-wise, I'll say that the biggest piece of news for me was probably the Amazing X-Men by Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness. It's funny because I had an adverse reaction to that. And really? then I thought about it because I was like, God, another X-Book. It's true. And I was talking about this with Michael McGaffin, another listener of ours, the other night. We went and saw Weird Al. It was amazing. But afterwards, we were talking about, he was like, do you realize, and I brought that up, and I was like, God, another X-Book. He's like, there's seriously seven X-Books right now that you have to read. And if there's an eighth and it's great, good. Bring it on. Yeah, exactly. Like more, and you know what? He's right. Jason Aaron's going to kill it. It's going to be awesome. Nightcrawler's going to be on the team. And this is why- North Star is there. Firestar is there. I mean, come on. Yes. It's got everything going for it. I love Jason Aaron. I love Ed McGinnis. Firestar is a new warrior, yeah. and we all know how I feel about that. Yes, we do. It's the X-Men just go, getting in adventures, yeah. just getting into crazy shit like they did in the Claremont era. Yeah, it reminds me of like what's going on in Wolverine and the X-Men a bit, where it's just like, you know what? We're going to have fun. But yeah, the, but he said that in contrast to the Wolverine book, Wolverine is all centered around the school, mm -hmm. everything that's going on in the school. This is just like... The X-Men, going into deep space, traveling through time, right. going to limbo. Yeah. All the crazy stuff they used to do, plus they're bringing back Nightcrawler. That might not fit into, like, whatever's going on in the larger X-Universe. You know? And ideally, with Astonishing X-Men going away, hopefully it will, they will resist the urge to reboot it. Right. With Marvel Now Wave 2. Right. And I'm fine with it. Like, Wolverine and the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, All-New X-Men, and Amazing X-Men. Four great core X-Men books. I'm down. And I'm not going to include this. Was Astonishing the one where they were going to have the indie creators come on and do stuff? No, that's Marvel Knights X-Men. Marvel Knights X-Men, okay. Yeah, those are minis, though. Um, so I have to think of my news. So I guess as far as the stuff that I got most excited about, I watched the uh, Marvel press conference. They didn't show any of the footage, of course. Oh, yes. That's another. <laughs> yes. But the press conference was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like when Loki showed up, Loki the came out in went character. Insane. Yeah. It was so cool. And like the creators even got scared. They're like, oh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, will, I will say that I really wish I had been there to see the Guardians of the Galaxy footage. Yeah, me too. Just the promo art that they showed looks really good. amazing. Really good. It looks so cool. And everybody raved about like the footage, the brief footage that they we got of Rocket Raccoon. I've got to see what he looks like. Right. I'm so excited for that. Oh, man. I can't wait. I, I will. I want to touch on the, uh, the concept art for a second. Gamora's outfit. Mm -hmm. You know, we we talked about this in the past. About, you were upset about the Mass Effect look to her. No, well, in the comic, I don't like the the generic spacesuits. Okay, but um, you want to see more skin? <laughs> that's not it either. I get it. But her outfit in the concept art is is reminiscent of her costume. Yeah, her original costume, but it's also not a bikini, right? Which is dumb. Yes, she does not need to be <laughs> fighting. And like I thought, they all space looked crime great. in a one piece or like, whatever. Uh, Drax looked like Batista. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and it's—I know it's just art; it's not footage. Well, I mean, we got people think did see the footage, and they can attest to whether or not it looked great. Um, we're just judging off the concept art. I'm super excited, and the props that they showed. Yeah, they showed they showed Nova Corps a Nova Corps uniform. Did you see that? No, I don't love it. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's much more military and less like. I'm a space superhero. Well, keep in mind, we got to make it look cool on the screen. No, I get it. I and get I get it, that. Get Little it. changes just, like that are fine. But it was also very reminiscent of the Nova outfit with the three 
you know, the right. three uh, stars. If or they whatever. called it something different, I'd be pissed. Like the Human Rocket Corps. Or something <laughs> sure. You know, like what? <laughs> That's dumb. As far as comic news goes, I mean, I guess if I have to pick something exciting, it's Nightcrawler coming back as well. That's. But we all knew that was coming. Sure. Not a whole lot of comic news here. I definitely think the comic news that did come out from Marvel is more interesting than what came out from DC. But again, we spoke of that as being a symptom to the way DC likes to control their own news. Yep. And that's fine. I mean, like, there was no bad news. There was nothing that hit that made me go, <laughs> you know. Right, I heard exactly. of sounded really cool. Um, Titan Comics announced a bunch of new books that are coming out, all of which look interesting. Props to Titan, even though we slammed Tomorrowland today. It was bad. But they can't all be winners. So bad. You know? They can't all be winners. So, so that's just a little taste of the answer of the week and how much fun you could be having if you not only downloaded and listened, but called us or tweeted at us or emailed us with your answer. Once again, the question of the week. Actually, we'll say that in the end. So. Check it out, kids. And don't be afraid to call us, 402-819-4894, and let us know what you think of the answer of the week. Sort of break it, break it down like this. And that does it for the Dennis Franz Lives episode of THN. If if you like nude shower scenes starring Joe Patrick as much as I do, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher, where you can interfere with our destiny by leaving us a star rating and written review. Or the Stitcher thumbs up and help us to connect with other potential listeners. I don't know. Do, is that even still a thing? Yeah, I used to do it all the fucking time. All right, good. Thank you to all of our past donors. And if you'd like to help keep us in roofies and X, you can make your donation in any amount using our adorable little PayPal button at twoheadednerd.com. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed. That's at twoheadednerd. Our email, twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Our YouTube channel, THN Comic Cast. Our Skype handle, twoheadednerd, all one word. And our direct phone number, 402 402- 819-4894 where you can send slash call us with your ask a nerd questions you can ask the comic pushers what you should be reading or you can ask us to review your self-published comic be it printed digital whatever and don't forget to check out all the new content from the THN love slaves at twoheadednerd.com including my wife Casey's review and a brief history of Wolverine as she understands it and she has some wacky ideas <laughs> about the old knuckle head let me tell you and another Saturday morning cartoon dissertation by the Credible Hulk, we, who we have given an honorary doctorate in Saturday morning cartoons. We'll from now on refer to him as the Credible Hulk PhD. Yeah. Yeah. Important guy. Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own written and audio responses, be sure to check out the twoheadednerd.com web exclusive audio blog the answer of the week that normally comes out Wednesday nights it's true and this week's question what did you think of the Wolverine go see the movie this weekend and hit us with your short review spoiler free if you're going to post it on Facebook that's right spoiler free you want to call us no rules man that's right the answer of the week this week will be full of spoilers but keep it off the Facebook page that's right Next week, it's Joe's big birthday show where he'll be picking Woo-hoo. out what we do for our rotating segment. Stay tuned for more on that before wait, we... Wait a minute. I gotta, I gotta come up with That's it. Right, buddy. Happy birthday. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Challengers Comics and Conversation who won the Eisner Spirit of Retail Award out from Under Legend. Word to you guys. You've up a, yours, guys. You've got a rad shop and you're a worthy adversary. And because of your win, we offer you the services and life of Keith Binder as our gift to you. And until next time, 
true believers, remember to pre-order your comics because your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. I'm about to have explosive diarrhea. I gotta go. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs>